This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. And so the hostage situation continues with the New York Jets, with Aaron Rodgers, with America. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, on your smart speakers at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Hit us up on Twitter as well, at Chris Canty 99 at Chris Carlin, and here we are. America held hostage. You know, these things are just out of my control. By Aaron Rodgers. Day 65. The latest demands from our captor, America. He would like Alan Lazard on the New York Jets. He would like Mercedes Lewis. He would like Randall Cobb. And he would like Odell Beckham Jr. That is the list, according to our Diana Rossini, that he supplied to the New York Jets that we're calling a, a ransom note. Some are calling a wish list, but there's no wish about it. Alan Lazard has already agreed to terms, according to Jeremy Fowler. Four years, $44 million, $22 million guaranteed. Canty, in the midst of all of this, though, we talked about what does success look like. We talked about the utter ridiculousness of how well he is playing Woody Johnson and the Jets right now in order to get everything he wanted for a quarterback that was 26th in the league last year in terms of QBR. Canty, there's really nothing here to lose for Aaron Rodgers and only everything to gain. The only way I'm going to look at Aaron Rodgers any differently than right now is if he takes the Jets to the Super Bowl, if they make a Super Bowl appearance. And so that's why I just don't see a whole lot to lose for him in this situation. Well, if you don't see it, we won't need to get you some glasses. Otherwise, you must be Stevie Wonder. Because Mm. when we start talking about Aaron Rodgers being one of the greatest quarterbacks of a generation, we also have to mention in the same breath that this is a guy that's only been to one Super Bowl. Now, he won it as an improbable wild card back in 2010, but he hadn't been back to the big game since. All he's done is dominated the offseason headlines, but this is a guy that's had a really good roster over the last three or four years and hadn't been able to do much with it. He's got a couple conference championship game appearances, and one of them was at home, which he lost to a team in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers that was a wild card on their way to winning the Super Bowl. The last time he played in a home playoff game was against the San Francisco 49ers, and he lost to a team whose offense didn't score a touchdown in that game. Uh, Again, it's trending in the wrong direction in terms of the postseason production for Aaron Rodgers, and we have to ask ourselves, if this guy is truly that great, if, if the four MVPs is representative of the caliber of quarterback he is, then why hasn't he done more high-level winning? When we start talking about the all-time greats, we usually reserve that room in the Hall of Fame for guys that have won multiple championships. The Tom Brady's of the world. You're looking at Peyton Manning. You're looking at Joe Montana. You're looking at John Elway. Hell, Pat Mahomes. Where, where is Aaron Rodgers in all of that if he's as gifted as we all seem to think he is. Well, he's gifted, but he's not in that group. He's just not. So what is there to actually lose there? It's not like what he has becomes worse. I look at him as somebody that is short of that group, that is not an all-time winner. But what there is to gain? Canty, if you go to the New York Jets and you bring them back to a Super Bowl and even, God forbid, win 
a Super Bowl after 50 years without getting to it, that completely changes the dynamic. All it does is that's going to triple the effect to me. Like it would be so much bigger for Rodgers to win a Super Bowl with the Jets than it is for him with the Green Bay Packers. I, I think in terms of enhancing your legacy, think about what that does. You went to a franchise, Forlorn doesn't even cover what that is. And if you bring them to the Super Bowl, all of a sudden, in my estimation, that vaults you up. That vaults you up that list into that group that we were just talking about and above some of those guys we were just talking about. There's no doubt about it. When you were able to overcome the dysfunction that the Jets have shown in the Woody Johnson era, which has been the last 20 or so odd years, yeah, I'm with you. I, I would agree with that, but that's a tall ask. And I think it's far more likely that the latter outcome, which is this thing being combustible and essentially having a meltdown, uh, is far more likely. So I just I, I don't I look at this as Aaron Rodgers having something to lose just because the Jets are going to acquiesce to everything that he wants if he's going to come play for them. Similarly to what we saw at the end of his tenure in Green Bay, and let's not also forget this was the guy that couldn't wait to run Mike McCarthy out of town once upon mm. a time. The same Mike McCarthy that just led the Dallas Cowboys to back to back double digit win seasons, something that franchise hadn't done in a really long time. So I just, I, I don't know, man. I look at Aaron Rodgers and for a player that has dictated so much of the franchise's fortunes, they haven't gotten the return on that investment. And by they, I mean the organization. And I'm skeptical that the New York Jets will get the return that they're looking for, which is why I think we'll look back at Aaron Rodgers' career and based on the four MVPs and the individual accolades and success, mm-hmm. we'll call it a disappointment because he doesn't have the rings to go along well, but with it. Will you look at him in a worse fashion than you do right now? How do you view Aaron Rodgers right now? Is he one of the all-time greats to you? I think a lot of people will make the case for that. All right, will it change your view of Aaron Rodgers if he goes to the Jets and it's a flop and his career's over? Will it change your view of him? Because it will not for me. Well, well, here's the thing. I, I think a lot of people will say that this is somebody that got a lot of pushback in terms of not being able to have the say within the organization that most franchise quarterbacks would demand. Like, that was the story about Aaron Rodgers when he was with Mike McCarthy. And the minute that relationship went south and they fired him, what, that started the beginning of the Green Bay Packers giving everything that they wanted to Rodgers. It was the end of an era with between Mike McCarthy and Ted Thompson, their former general manager. They turned it over to Brian Gutekunst and Matt LaFleur. And those two, the brain trust of the Packers, essentially gave Rodgers what he wanted. Mm-hmm. And what I'm saying is, for all of the control that they ceded to him, they haven't gotten the return on that investment. They haven't. And so, yeah, I think we'll look at it and say the Green Bay Packers weren't getting in Aaron Rodgers' way. If anything, they were helping to bolster him to have sustained success. And I'm not quite sure that this is somebody that would have been the same kind of player 
had he been anywhere else. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Insurance for motorcycles, boats, and RVs for protection on the road and on the water. See how much you can save at 1-800-PROGRESSIVE and at Progressive.com. Ah, a little bit more breaking news, Canty. This from Adam Schefter just moments ago. Colts trading five-time Pro Bowl cornerback Stephon Gilmore to the Dallas Cowboys in exchange for a fifth-round pick. Stephon Gilmore. Now, how close to the player that has been the five-time Pro Bowler is Stephon Gilmore? Because it wasn't that long ago that he was regarded as the best corner in the league. He's not anymore. Well, he's still pretty damn good now. Yeah. Yeah, Stephon Stephon Gilmore's still still pretty good. I'm not saying he's completely disappeared, but he's a high-level corner. How close to that player is he? Well, I mean, he's not going to win defensive MVP. He's not that guy. Uh, Mm -hmm. I mean, he's not the player we saw in the Super Bowl against the Rams, but he's still a very damn good corner. If you have Stephon Gilmore as your top cover corner, you're not going to be in a bad way, but that's not the situation in Dallas because they got Trayvon Diggs. So you have him playing opposite of Diggs, and all of a sudden you feel really good about your defense being able to hold up in man-to-man coverage. And think about it this way. With that pass rush, working yeah. in tandem with that secondary, whew, it's going to be tough sledding for quarterbacks in the NFC East. I, I I can't disagree with that at all. And this seems like a no-brainer type move for the Cowboys, who have been exceptionally quiet so far through free agency. It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. And on the ESPN app, we are presented by Progressive Insurance. And look, like everyone, like the rest of, us, the rest of you guys, we have been saddled with this Aaron Rodgers drama for entirely too long. 65 days to be exact since the Packers season ended. So, Canty, it's time for a little top five, bottom five. Which teams were great? Breaks a tackle at the 15, 10-5, touchdown! What player was not? Does he hang on? Intercepted! He couldn't hang on! This is the NFL Top 5, Bottom 5. Here's Canty with the Top 5. Canty has got your top five things the New York Jets can do to get Aaron Rodgers. Is that correct? That is correct. We've got the top five things that the Green Bay... Well, I said the Green Bay Packers. Wow. Ah. I don't know if that's a 40-inch slip or what that is. But the top five things that the New York Jets need to do to make sure that Aaron Rodgers puts his John Hancock on the dotted line when it comes to a contract. Number five. Become an official sponsor and ambassador for Sky Cave Retreats in Oregon. Now, those of you that don't know, that's the retreat where Aaron Rodgers had his darkness, uh, I guess, sabbatical, as you will, when he needed to unplug from the rest of the world, and he needed to make up his mind about his football future. Now, that apparently still has not happened, but we're starting to get little morsels that were trending in that direction. So this is something that the New York Jets could do to potentially sweeten the pot. So is it Sky Cave Retreat Stadium? Is that the new sponsor? Yeah, whatever <laughs> the, whatever life? it takes. Whatever it takes. If we got to rename it Sky Cave Retreats when the Jets are playing home games at MetLife, then that's what we'll do. Whatever it takes. <laughs> well, that's what we'll do. Moving Number along. Four. An ayahuasca day for the team during <laughs> training camp. Now, we usually <laughs> hear about teams having a day off where they'll go bowling or... You know, a team will go to the movies. This is what Aaron Rodgers would want for his 
band of misfits having an ayahuasca <laughs> retreat to enhance enlightenment. This is something that Aaron Rodgers would push for. This is something that Aaron Rodgers would, I don't know, allow the team to have more clarity about what the goal is and how we're going to get there. So an ayahuasca day for the team. And here's the best part. Aaron Rodgers has got an ayahuasca guy. There so you he go. can supply it. There you go. Speaking of guys that Aaron Rodgers has to serve his health, hiring Number a Pachacarba cleanse expert to the athletic training staff. Oh, God. Yes. I don't want to see Rodgers that. Aaron Rodgers is full of it. And when he gets too full of it, he's got the Pachacarba cleanse. He's bringing that to Gang Green. Gang Green could be getting a little brown in that facility with the Pachacarba cleanse expert on the athletic training staff. But we know that that's what Aaron Rodgers believes in. So hire him to the athletic training staff, Aaron Rodgers, Pachacarba cleanse expert. Oh my God! I don't need you, the imagery around the around the facility with that. Come on! Are you are you, you anti? I'm just saying that that's something that Aaron Rodgers deems important to his regimen and staying healthy. <sighs> I, I don't see that. I don't see that being an issue. I just don't. I don't know. Maybe it's <laughs> number two. Number two. They already did number two. Hire his drinking oh, buddy, best friend, Nathaniel Hackett. They already oh. did number two. They already did number two. I mean, I guess I could have had number three as number two, but they already That's did the point. number That's two. That's what I thought you were saying. <laughs> they already, they did, already number did number two. Number two. <laughs> they already did number two. And that is all canty. I have nothing to do with this list. That's hiring Nathaniel Hackett as the offensive coordinator. He's on the list. He's their guy. It's that. It's done deal. That's the deal. Aaron Rodgers has his OC, the guy that's going to run his offense, and the guy that's going to have a beer with him, win or lose, after the game. And the number one thing number that one, the New York Jets can do is something that we saw the Green Bay Packers do once upon a time. It's have an official Aaron Rodgers day. That's right. Before he even gets here, make December 12th Aaron Rodgers day. 12-12. They did it in Green Bay in Brown County. 12-12 was Aaron Rodgers day. Damn it. Give the man his own day in New York City. If you got to contact the mayor's office, Eric Adams, whoever the hell, city council, make December 12th Aaron Rodgers Day. Woody Johnson, you got the juice. Now is the time to do it. You want to prove you're a better owner than Leanne Hess? This is how you get it done. Make Aaron Rodgers Day 12-12, December 12th. And that's going to be the biggest recruiting pitch that you can have for Aaron Rodgers. You have your own damn day in New York City before you take a snap. Do you do you think that Aaron Rodgers will wear number 12 in New York? Yes. Joe Namath has already said he's okay with Joe it. Joe Namath has given him permission to wear it, so he's going to wear it. See, if I were Aaron Rodgers, I'd be a little bit more respectful than that, but I'm not Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> So, what do you think about the top five? I like the top five quite a bit. I don't think there were any glaring omissions on your part. Okay. I think it was an outstanding job, and I really just could have done without some of the imagery, but that was that was a creative choice that you made. So, nothing I can do about that. Right. And I once again would like to reiterate to management that I in no way am affiliated with that list. Wow. Okay. All right. All right. All right, Canty. So, if you have a top five, well... We got to have a bottom five. 
Here's Carlin with the bottom five. Santi, here are the bottom five worst demands that Aaron Rodgers is making of the Jets right now. All right? Bottom five worst demands Aaron Rodgers is making of the Jets right now. Number five. Monday morning microdosing. You cannot do that. That would not be pretty. Number four. Joe Douglas has to go vegan. If I were Joe Douglas, if that was the case, I would drop it right now. I'm bailing out, and you can just go ahead and find yourself a new GM. Number three. He demands access to Area 51. He wants to know what's going on out there and is absolutely fascinated with all of the... all of the alien talk lately, if you've been paying attention to him. Number two. Man buns for everybody. <laughs> Love that. Love it. And finally. Number one. That they sign Kyrie Irving. <laughs> wow. <Hell> wow. <laughs> wow. Bring Kyrie back to New York? Yeah. Hell oh, my no. God. Can you imagine Kyrie... And Aaron Rodgers just hanging out for an afternoon. Oh, yeah. What that looks like. I mean, Kyrie will be a free agent. Is there any way the Knicks can work out a sign and trade? Why not? Why not? No. They're going to go into the package deal. Dolan's done dumber things. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Wow. Kenton Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app, we are presented by Progressive Insurance. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Should the Jets just bail their way out here at some point, although they seem pot committed right now at this point? And what is an acceptable outcome for the Jets after going through all of this at the end of the year? Is it championship or bust? Or is it simply making the playoffs? One Jet fan called up and said, just an improvement over Zach Wilson. Jet fans appear broken. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. In just moments, if you are looking to fill out your bracket, you will want to stay tuned next because we will give you what you need to know from one of the experts. This March, take your first shot at hoops with FanDuel Sportsbook and get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets. Get up to $200. That's right. Just bet 20 bucks, and you'll land 200 in bonus bets, win or lose. That's 200 You can spend on betting everything from the money line to point spreads to that sneaky matchup you've been eyeing all on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. There's no better place to bet FanDuel then or there's no place better place to bet than on FanDuel Sportsbook. So sign up today by going to FanDuel.com slash play and make every moment more with FanDuel all March long. 21 plus in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 deposit required. Refund issued as is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See full terms at FanDuel.com slash sportsbook. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, and Virginia. 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXT STEP to 53342 in Arizona. one 
888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut. 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas. 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming or visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors... You're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. Reggie White, who's a defensive end for the Green Bay Packers, says that the firebombing of his church in Knoxville, Tennessee this week was the work of racists who may have been trying to hurt him. First there was one fire, then there was another, then there was another. It wasn't just Reggie's church that burnt down. Hundreds of churches burned in the 90s. I think we have a major problem in our country that we don't want to admit, and that has to do with racism. Was this 1996 or 1956? 30 for 30 podcast and Antsgate presents Through the Flames. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Canty and Carlin podcast. Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. There is a little bit of NFL news that Adam Schefter had just a moment ago. Canty just tweeted out that James Bradbury is returning to the Eagles. Three years, three years, 38 million, 20 guaranteed. Another six in incentives could make it worth a total of $44 million. So Bradbury back to the Eagles. And considering uh, that they had told Darius Slay he could go find a, a trade and try to work one out, and uh, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson is still out there, this was one of the moves that we would have expected the Eagles to make in order to keep their secondary at least in a decent position. Well, didn't we say that? This is a move that makes sense for both sides. Too much sense for it not to happen. And so I, I'm not surprised that Bradbury is going back to the Eagles when you consider the pass rush that the Eagles had. They had the most sacks in the NFL last year of any defensive front. Over 70 sacks. That's hard to do, big fella. And the fact that they were able to pull that off would be all the incentive that I would need as an aging quarterback to decide that I want to run it back with the conference champs. Canty and Carlin brought to you by Wendy's two for six bucks, the best deal in fast food. All right. You got to fill out those brackets. We're less than 48 hours away from the tournament starting. Of course, you got the playing games tonight and tomorrow night. And Canty, it's time for the Boost Mobile tournament preview. We welcome in Gary Parrish from CBS Sports, college basketball analyst and columnist who joins us right now on Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Gary, let's just start here. Uh, What was the biggest snub? And if the answer is not Rutgers, I don't want to hear it. 
I guess the answer is Rutgers, technically <laughs> speaking, but I would argue that Rutgers has nobody to blame for its situation other than itself. You know, they lost a game in early March to a Minnesota team that's outside of the top 200 of most computers. That was really damaging to the resume. So while I could make a case that Rutgers should be in over, say, Nevada, in fact, I had Rutgers in my bracket over Nevada. That was the one miss. I got 67 of 68. I had Rutgers in, Nevada out. The committee had Nevada in, Rutgers out. I could make a case that the committee got that wrong, but the margins at that point um, uh, among at-large candidates are razor thin. And I think ultimately – Rutgers got left out of the field because of a combination of a not great non-league strength of schedule, which I fundamentally don't think should be a part of the process, but it is. And then Rutgers, of course, lost a rotation player to a season-ending injury and had not performed very well without him. The committee chair, in fact, mentioned that as a determining factor in leaving Rutgers out of this NCAA tournament. Well, listen, Gary, I don't disagree with you. I just find it easier to blame other people for my problems, but that's yeah. okay. Oh, no, no, that's, that's <laughs> what I do in my own home. I, I, I blame everybody else for, for every problem that exists. But when it comes to this stuff, I'm more of a look-in-the-mirror type of person. All right, Gary, the defending champs, Kansas, uh, maybe got a little bit of a tough blow uh, in not going through Kansas City. Instead, they have to go through Vegas. But how do you see the Jayhawks heading in right now in terms of defending the championship? Man, this team three days ago looked like it could be the number one overall seed in the NCAA tournament. And then they lose to Texas in the Big 12 title game, which freed the committee up to move uh, uh, Alabama to the number one overall seed. And yes, that changed a lot of stuff because as you accurately noted, Kansas is now in, in the West regional as opposed to a regional that would allow them to play in Kansas City. And the West is absolutely loaded. I mean, UConn is a team that's had strong, super strong computer numbers all season. At one point, looked like the best team in the country. And Kansas, if it can get there, would have to play them in the Sweet 16, you've got a Gonzaga team that, you know, for, uh, you know, since February 1st has literally been performing from an efficiency perspective as the best team in the country. They've got the best offense in the country. That's another possible stumbling block on the way to the Final Four. Combine it with the fact that Bill Self, oh, by the way, was just released from the hospital on Sunday. Um, There's a lot of things working against Kansas um, as it pertains to making it back to another Final Four. I wouldn't rule it out because Bill Self is, I believe, right there with Rick Pitino as the best coach in college basketball. But Kansas is going to have to beat some really good teams to get to Houston. Gary, one of the things that made me raise an eyebrow was Duke being a fifth seed in the East region. And for a team that won the conference title, and no, this is not my Virginia bias kicking in, I was a little surprised that they were seeded as low as they were. What did you make of where the committee put Duke in this year's bracket? I agree with you. I, I think Duke is a little low. And, I, and again, the margins are, are razor thin here, but I would have had Duke as a top four seed. I, I know that the Blue Devils have been off of most people's national radars uh, for much of this season because they got off to a disappointing start. But it's not hard to understand why. They only returned one meaningful player from last year's team, and that was Jeremy Roach, and he spent part of this season hurt. The reason Duke was a preseason top-ten team is because of Jeremy Roach and the top-ranked recruiting class in the country featuring three top-five national recruits. Well, of those top-five national recruits, 
Cal Filipowski has been the only one who's lived up to expectations. Derek yep. Lively, who was in some people's mind the best prospect in the country coming out of high school, is just a role player at Duke. Now, he's a better role player today than he was two months ago, but still just a role player at Duke. Derek Whitehead, the other top five freshman, um, has been injured for portions of this season. So if I would have told you or anybody else in the preseason, Duke's got a first-time head coach. Uh, Jeremy Roach is the only meaningful player back, and he's going to miss some time. And of the top five recruits that are in Duke's class, only one of them is really going to live up to expectations. You would say, oh, boy, I bet they're going to struggle. And they did. But they turned it on. Uh, Like I said, Lively got better. Roach is healthy. Whitehead is healthy. Duke has won nine in a row and has been playing like a – top 10 team in the country, according to the advanced metrics for the past month. So, yes, I think Duke is underseeded, and I think Duke is a legitimate contender to make the Final Four. Gary Parrish, CBS Sports College basketball analyst and columnist. Gary, who's got the toughest road to the Final Four? Who's got the easiest? I think the easiest is probably Alabama, and maybe that makes sense, right? Alabama's the number one overall seed. They should have no problem in that one versus 16 matchup. Maryland and West Virginia, the, 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 those, those are the definitions of mediocre power conference schools. I don't think Alabama should have any problem in the second round. San Diego State or Virginia could create problems for different reasons, but I don't think either one of those teams is good enough to, to, to play with Alabama offensively. Like, they can guard with Alabama, but ultimately Alabama's going to score points on you. And I don't know that San Diego State or Virginia would be able to keep up. Also worth noting, Virginia just lost a rotation piece uh, for the rest of the season. And then down there in in the bottom of that bracket, you've got um, a a Baylor team that's the three seed that's two and four in its past six. Um, An Arizona team that is good, but was the second best team in the Pac-12 all season uh, behind UCLA, maybe up until Selection Sunday. So I think Alabama's got not an easy path. There's never an easy path, but certainly of the number one seed, the easiest path that, that probably exists. I think the hardest, I, I'd probably go back to Kansas. I mean, you, you, you might get an Arkansas team with two lottery picks in the second round, a UConn team that has been top ten in, in the advanced metrics, uh, predictive metrics all season long. That could be your opponent after Arkansas. A Gonzaga team could be your opponent in the Elite Eight. That's a Zag team, like I mentioned, has been, from an efficiency perspective, the best team in the country since February 1st. Like, I, I think Kansas has no problem against Howard. But after that, every single game is against a team that is um, good enough to beat you. And I don't mean good enough to beat you if you play poorly and they play well. That's, that's sprinkled throughout the entire bracket. I mean, they're good enough to beat you if you play well, and that's always a scary thing when you've got a bunch of games like that as a number one seed. Gary, appreciate it. Thanks, man. Take care, guys. Bye-bye. Gary Parrish, Gary Parrish, CBS Sports college basketball analyst and columnist. Hey, switch to Boost Mobile for the power to save on one of America's largest 5G networks. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. The white smoke might be coming out of the chimney in Green Bay. We'll explain next on ESPN Radio. Death is the only punishment here. Now streaming, FX's Shogun. My master asks, what do you seek here? To vanquish our common enemies. Based on the global bestseller by James Clavell. War is coming. The epic saga of war, passion, and power. How'd it come? FX's 
Shogun, now streaming on Hulu. Canty and Carlin, the podcast. <laughs> Will there be a day 66 of America Held Hostage? America Held Hostage. You know, these things are just out of my control. By Aaron Rodgers. Day 65. Well, <laughs> just a few moments ago, Pat McAfee tweeted out that Aaron Rodgers will join their show tomorrow. Does that mean you are getting an announcement? Well, there's certainly no indication that that's definitive, although you would think that if Aaron was going to announce it somewhere, he would absolutely do everything he could to control the narrative. So if he's making the decision to join the Jets or to retire or whatever it is, you would think that it would come tomorrow, but then again, what am I saying? <laughs> he has to make the decision tomorrow on McAfee. There's no way that he's coming up out of his hole like a groundhog after the darkness retreat to be on this platform and not make the announcement about his football future because that's all anybody really wants to hear from him. We don't want to hear his thoughts on the upcoming conference that he's going to host about alternative sciences. We don't want to hear his thoughts on parts of karma cleanses or darkness retreats. We want to know, are you going to play for the Jets or are you going to ride off into the sunset? That's all anybody cares about. And quite frankly, Carlin, that's all we've been talking about since the start of the new league year, which is getting ready to kick off. Like That's all anybody has been able to focus on is where is Aaron Rodgers going to land? I mean... Is it possible that after all of this, he could actually say, you know what, guys, I'm good. I'm going to take a walk. It's over. Wow. Could he? Can't he? I mean, I'm sure that there are going to be lines on this already. Now, earlier today, uh, several of the sports books, including Caesars, had put out a total for the Jets win loss for the coming year and the chances of them making the playoffs. And this is prior to any news coming out, prior to the Lazard signing becoming official. Mm -hmm. And the Jets were at 9.5 for the over-under for wins, and the over was minus 143. So in other words, it was definitely a decided favorite that they would be over 9.5 wins and a decided favorite at minus 165 that they would make the playoffs. Well, they ain't saying that with Zach Wilson as their starting quarterback. So no. Vegas is telling us that they anticipate Aaron Rodgers coming to run with the Jets. Uh, agreed. Now, I would think that at some point tonight, the sports books would have something up there as to whether or not he's going to join the Jets, and I'm sure that the heavy favorite would be that he will. That would probably be somewhere around minus 500. Can't he? I'd be very tempted to say, give me the give me the no. <laughs> give me the I'm walking away. The no? Yeah, I would be very tempted to do it. Wow. As I'm not rooting. I, here's the thing. I'm so conflicted on this because Aaron Rodgers coming to the Jets is, oh, it's good for everybody in terms of business. I think it's bad for the Jets because I don't think they get over the hump. I think they're putting themselves through so much agita to try to make this happen and ultimately, I only think he's playing one year, and I don't expect him to be able to win the Super Bowl with them. 
Let's stop pretending that you want good things for the Jets. Okay? I do want good things. I want the Jets to sign Lamar Jackson. I'm not a Jet fan. I would. I think the much better move is for the Jets to sign Lamar Jackson. Yeah, I think that would be the much better move as well. But we all know why Lamar Jackson hasn't been approached by more teams in terms of signing an offer sheet. They don't want to give him a fully guaranteed contract because owners are staunchly against it. But that's neither here nor there. When it comes down to the Rodgers of it all, if he wants to continue to play football, the Jets have gone out of their way to make sure that they are the most attractive girl at the ball. And and, and I just I, – I, I understand why they're doing it because they believe they have a defense and a young skill position core on offense that's ready to contend. I would just push back on it from the standpoint of that's what we've been saying about the Green Bay Packers for the last three or four years and Aaron Rodgers hadn't gotten them back to a Super Bowl. I I don't expect this to change. I think the Jets are a good defensive team with good weapons, and now they've added Alan Lazard, and it might be OBJ, and it might be uh, every other receiver that's ever paid for, played for the Packers. We, we very well may see Donald Driver in a Jet uniform. But ultimately... R-E-L-A-X. Relax. Is it all going to be worth it for the Jets? That's next. Thanks for listening to the Canty and Carlin podcast. You can listen to the show live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app. Canty and Carlin, the podcast.